All right, folks, welcome to Biomass episode double nickel, the 5-5. Five five. So tonight we're going on a fury road. We're going to be Mad Maxing through the, the dust. dust. So without further ado, let's start with the top, Mr. Jadek Menaheim. We are Mr. Jason Larson. I am Jadek Menaheim, traveler through the trans-dimensional anomalies from the land down under. Outstanding. Mr. Sparrow. All right, one sec, let me... <laughs> Performance issues. All right, okay. I see you have that problem. <laughs> All right. Uh, Kane Sparrow, a former uh, member of the uh, CPM, uh, leader of the uh, Negative Feedback Alliance. Lethal Letha. Hey, guys, I'm Lether. I used to be uh, the PC coordinator for Ruffle, and going from strength to strength, I now play Pub Solo. And a man of Sarai Zell's own heart. Masturbator. Yes, I am. Uh, I will be director of Demonic Cowboys uh, and writer for the Biomass blog. And next, a little Nancy boy who thinks he can get away with saying his name is middle of the list, Sarizel. Sarizel. It, it worked this week, didn't it? Sarizel, <laughs> I'm a member of CPM1 and a co-host here on the show. And Pokey, soon to be winning the first annual... Design a drop suit for Aurum contest under the name of the Jason Drop Suit Draven. <laughs> I'm Pokey Draven, uh, co-host here on the Biomass podcast and writer and editor for the Biomass blog. And our favorite trick for kids, the Silly Rabbit. <laughs> hey guys, Silly Rabbit, uh, director over at Negative Feedback. All right, guys, let's go ahead and start the Fury Road tonight. And yes, that was the movie that we watched this weekend. We'll talk all about that. And for the record, you can't Deadpool, spoil it. I haven't seen Deadpool it. Yet. We're going to go see it. Had to have a cameo in the movie. If you Dead- can see him, that's straight. That's straight money to you. Okay, who's got a cameo? Deadpool had a cameo in Fury Road. Okay. All right, guys, we're going to go ahead and get start with a uh, started with a CPM update with Sriazel, as we usually do uh, on this. Uh, Pretty, pretty illustrious uh, episode of Biomass. we got a kind of a star-studded cast here. Uh, the only thing that kind of prevents it from being like, you know, top of the, you know, just absolutely top of the pops is the fact that Sriazel's still in channel. But since he's here, we're going to go ahead and make uh, use would of you, it. Would you like me to drop out? Because I, I, I got nothing to contribute for you, so I could just just drop out if you want or just go silent. Well, if, I don't if, care. You could, if you could if you could spend another CPM update where you lie and ob- obfuscate, that would be great. Uh, then you lie can... and obfuscate. Lie and obfuscate. Lie, yeah. lie. Um, I'm trying to think up a good lie. I'm, I, I didn't really pre-prepare a good lie for this week's CPM update, so just I say don't... everything is fine. <laughs> <laughs> everything is just fine, guys. All is well. Stay calm. <laughs> no, that's that's a fair point, man. So, actually, do you have any uh, any musings or things that are of uh, topics of note that you can share with us? I, I really, I really don't. I have I have absolutely nothing for you this week. I'm sorry. Okay, so let me let me help you out. This so the, you don't really need to have any real news. What you what you could say is something like, "Yeah, absolutely. We've been having a lot of discussions about the following two to three topics that everybody knows that we're we're talking to CCP Rotati about." But I'm going to mention them anyway because it'll sound like that I'm actually talking to CCP Rotati. How about that? That's rough, man. I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> oh my god. Yes, this is definitely going to be a fury road. All right, so I tell you what. Um, curious question. Any more discussion about uh, 
kind of the that little flurry of activity over power cores and uh, future suit layouts uh, since we talked about that about a week ago? Uh, I mean, any updates in terms of Rotati's comments, or is he looking still looking into it? Um, I haven't gotten anything thrown across my desk yet. I haven't seen like you know, here's the proposed numbers sorts of things yet. So, um, I, I mean, I've seen some some basic discussion on on maybe how it would be done, but not nothing concrete at this point. So we're we're still waiting for that. Okay. All right. Fair point. Uh, I did notice that CCP Frame did actually jump in a little bit on the. Uh, the uh, drop suit design contest that I kind of teased with uh, Pokey Draven's in- intro. Uh, and it looks like he was uh, fairly taken by that. And I think that got started by Aon Amati, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. Have you, have you mentioned it or heard from anybody uh, discussing that? Uh, we, we've talked to CCP a bit. Um, I know um, Iron Wolf probably spent like 800 messages or something in, in the an internal channel talking about um, different corpse and colors and, and, stuff and how that ties into the lore and possible skins that can made and stuff like that. Um, it was a really dry read to me, but you know, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not sure where I would love to see player created skins actually hit the game. I don't, I don't know. Um, I don't have anything new on that. I'd like to see it though. Okay. Well, what I was referring to is there's, there's a post I'll link it. Uh, I've, se- I've seen the, oh, you I saw have? the thread. It's, the it's, thread. Actually, it's actually pretty good where, uh, so it looks like that it's a community-based event that Aeon started, and I think Victor's bank, Victor Hada is bankrolling it. Uh, it looks like a hundred thousand worm and some, um, yeah. uh, gosh, I want to say a Templar code, Templar code set uh, for the winner. And, and it's a, it's actually a pretty cool little uh, community event. And about yeah, and through, a, go ahead. Uh, yeah, and I mean, to, to like to me though, like I, you know, do it would be really cool to me if if we get to the point where CCP can take something like that and take say what the you know the I, i'm not sure what their their selection is is i don't know if they're gonna vote on them or what but it'd be cool if we, if we could actually see like the top voted solutions getting into the game yeah and i think that's kind of what they were alluding to at least uh frame sort of hinted that uh they i'm he didn't exactly hint that they would co-opt the, con- the contest but he was quite interested in observing how this went uh, and then somebody asked why so you can take the winners and put them in the game and he had a very teasing, sort of ambiguous, sort of maybe-ish answer, which I thought was kind of, kind of interesting. Again, uh, it would be—it's something we've talked to CCP about. In fact, they've brought up to us many, many, many moons ago about uh, as a community event where they could actually let us design drop suits or artifacts in the game, uh, apply a little bit of, like a lore vignette to it. Then they pick a winner, and then you know, poof—it's it's in the game at some point down the road. Uh, sounds like it'd be. Pretty interesting. I'll, I'll be kind of fascinated to see if they actually take a hold of this. So for those of us who didn't see the topic, where is all this going down? Yeah, I'll tell you what. Give me one second, and I'll link the uh, yeah, link the thread. We should really do like a you know a, a blog post about it. It would be a thing yeah, someone, should someone should write. Agree. Yeah, there's some really great designs that have been showing up. <laughs> I okay, kind of uh, recused myself from it because I posted on about eight different alts, different designs. Kind of broke the rules. <laughs> I'm I'm not really sure that we didn't expect that though. Yeah, this is cool. yeah. And, and for the record, if we are going to name people characters out of the Marvel universe, because we're doing a Marvel universe thing tonight, not DC, so just let's make make that very clear when we're having a side sidebar conversations. I would W multiple man. Whoa. Metal Gear. Oh. <laughs> oh goodness gracious! All right, so 
now that we've had our CPM update where uh, we were breaking news left and right, as usual, uh, <laughs> we'll go ahead and kind of move on to the uh, sort of the topics du jour. Uh, what we're going to, what we'll do real quick, uh, slight, slight change in format. Uh, we're going to open it up to the group a little bit and kind of go around and kind of interested in what's on your mind. Like what's the, the burning topic that uh, you've been following either in the dust forums or in your in-game channels for the last week or so. Just something interesting, small tidbit. We can kick it around for a few minutes. Uh, we'll go through everybody, and then what we'd like to do is kind of focus the rest of our time on the PC discussion because we've got uh, some PC luminaries in the room. I use the word luminaries kind of in sort of a sketchy way. I was reading the Jason Boy novel. I, I saw the word, and I was like, okay, well, I I'll throw that in the show tonight. So without further ado, Jadik Menheim, what have you been doing for the last week or so? Anything catching your fancy in dust? Well, lately, the, uh, the introduction of portals into uh, other contracts has been really interesting. Both the portals and the other contract system that basically didn't have any activity for the past, I don't know, two years, year and a half. Um, so I've been playing around with uh, portals a lot, trying to find different ways to use them. Uh, the interesting ways like things have popped up is uh, you can run into an enemy's side, go through their portal, and get back out. So it's kind of been making redlining a little interesting. But just things like that, and I, I'd love to see them use the the other contracts more for testing new maps, maybe like the MCC construction yard more more frequently. That would be a, a pretty interesting idea. It's I didn't realize that was on the uh, other contracts tab, but that's a a pretty pretty nifty way that you could periodically, like once every week or two, have like one evening or or like one twenty four hour period where other contracts was open and something was radically different in the matches under other contracts. Uh, that might in and of itself be kind of an interesting weekly event. Okay. Uh, Kane, what about you, man? What have you been up to? Just uh, mainly been doing some corporate alliance stuff this week, but something interesting that came up um, actually in some conversation with uh, Zariah of Outer Heaven was a change on how loyalty rank actually increases. Um, before it used to be uh, when you bought ore it did not raise your rank it was only when you spent it um but now that seems to have been changed to only when you purchase ore does your rank go up and spending actually has no effect um it seems to me that this uh the the general speculation is that the timing of it was to coincide with a the um pardon for the dog barking uh a for the um uh event that we've been having where we get free ore for uh finishing missions, and also for the daily or login bonus that's apparently coming down the pipe. You know, that's actually uh, kind of annoying. I'm glad you mentioned that, uh, because I, I noticed something to that effect. That means that any Orum that you've bought previously won't count towards your loyalty rank. I've typically sat on a very small middling amount because I just haven't had anything to spend it on. So that's kind of annoying. But, I mean, not that it's a big deal, but... Um, as as far as whether or not previous, uh, there's unless somebody we, unless we can find somebody in the community that like logged what their loyalty rank was before the change went into place and then what it was afterwards, um, there's no way for us to know for sure if um, it like for all we know CCP could have retroactively applied our loyalty rank bonus um, based upon the ore reserves you have, but I I just don't know if that's actually accurate if that's the case. You or should. Not. Uh... Doesn't didn't Beers have like a ton of Orem codes or something? Like if you could drag him online, of course, does he even have a PS3 anymore? <laughs> getting, like, 
You're asking me to get beers to log into Dust. Well, or get him to give your give him your account information or something. Beers is using his PS3 as some sort of Art Deco piece right now, or a coaster, something like that. I mean, it doesn't have to be beers. He just comes to mind because he had a bunch of orm that he never spent. You know. Yeah, that's fair. That's actually a pretty interesting take on that, Kane. I I knew that there's a lot of um, yeah, tr- trying to get somebody to describe the you know the calculus that gets you get your L- your loyalty rank moving up and down has always been somewhat interesting. It's almost sort of like getting weapon stats out of CCP. So uh, I, the fact that you figured that out, or at least Zarya figured it out, that's actually pretty cool. Sadly, it, it also concluded my... I, I was logging my um, journey to loyalty rank 4 initially until CCP changed it to loyalty rank 2 um, on Twitter, but I just kind of gave up. <laughs> it was... It was uh, it, really seemed like a, a lot a lot a lot of work to try to to get to even loyalty rank two um but i ended up dropping uh uh 20,000 ore i bought 20,000 ore on the character and it instantly popped up to loyalty rank three so that was about uh 10 us dollars Around, yeah. so probably like do they sell it in smaller packs yeah i think yeah. it's i i think it looks to me like a five dollar purchase would actually get you to loyalty rank two um, I mean, which in the grand scheme of things really isn't that much. And yeah, there is a, uh, a way to grind to that loyalty rank level. And I mean, I, to me, it feels like right now, what it is, is they're buying time to fix some of the things that they currently see as, um, exploitable, uh, with, um, alts right now. Well, that is the amount of the activation fee for an account in EVE, right? Yeah. So just kind of ironic. I mean, because you can you can like plex the other account, but you still have to pay five bucks for the activation fee. So yeah, probably not intentional. That would require coordination. Yeah, that's actually an interesting observation. Yeah, it's it's again, it's one of these little things. I think they have so many different irons in the fire across this that uh, uh, you just can only hope that somebody's got a really really dialed in flowchart on a whiteboard somewhere that helps them understand as they tweak loyalty point rate mechanics and how it might affect other things down the road, it would be, uh, it'd be interesting to, at least hopefully somebody up there is looking into it by that. Somebody, I mean like the three guys working on it. So let's see. Lether, how about you, man? What have you been up to? Hmm. Well, other than running pub matches solo, as <laughs> previously mentioned, um, you know, uh, I wasn't here last week, so uh, I'll drop a, a tidbit that, people can talk about. I've been kind of uh, mildly upset by the conflation of the power core concept and tier aside. And I would like to state that the tier aside stuff has been around a lot longer and is fundamentally independent of the power core stuff. And I'll leave it at that. Okay. And, and you know, to me, tier, like tier aside is uh, was a mixed term in that discussion last week. I think what we're really talking about is just fixing the slot layouts because anytime you have the ability to change the the rank, the level, the tier, the whatever, the suit to, to have more power, which is ultimately what the power core would do, you're going to have tiered, tiered capability in terms of equipment. There's no real way around that. And to a degree, you know, with a game like game like this, I don't, I don't know that that's a bad thing. Everybody made this huge deal about tier side. Uh, you know, sure, if you want Call of Duty where everything is equal, more or less, go ahead. Uh, but the fact that you do have to 
kind of grind up to stuff and that there are differences in, in the relative levels of capability of equipment uh, or suits or combat power or whatever. I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. But I would agree that that was probably, probably could have been more artful in the use of the word tiracide. Um, right. And in the past, I've described tiracide as simply uh, trying to lower the utility gaps between the uh, the tiers, especially the utility per ISK cost. Um, of course, it's very hard to calculate something specific for that, but that's what I used to try to push to unify the idea. Nope. I see where you're coming from. Okay. Uh, Bait, what do you got, man? What have you been up to? just been poking around on the forums and watching the uh, different discussions um, unfold about the uh, about talks of uh, potential CPM2. Um, I've had multiple court members um, who could give two shits about the politics of, uh, of Dust 514 come up to me, uh, you know, on Twitter or send me a PSN message and be like, hey, who's running for, uh, for CPM? Uh, for, uh, for CPM2, um, you know, do, do you have any idea about that? And I told him, you know, if we have one, then, you know, these are the people that I think are going to run. Um, but I've, I've been very interested to see these discussions unfold about who's going to run, who people think are going to run, who they're going to vote for. Yep. No, I, I think that's that's pretty fair. Uh, it was it's, it wasn't qu- it's not quite as acute as I remember it last year coming out of uh, all the fan festy stuff, uh, trying to figure out what the CPM is going to be or would be or who is running. Uh, but I think I think you're starting to see a gathering bit of conversation uh, in in game and around the town on it. So yeah, I'll be kind of interested to see if they actually come out with anything and uh, discuss discuss CPM two formally. Uh, let's see, Zell, what about you? What have you been up to in game or anything? Anything that you're particularly interested in that you want to do a little fact finding on as a CPM and maybe bring back to uh, CCP? It's been it's been a it's been a really solid work week for me this week. Um, in in real life, um, my my biggest thing I want to I want to get to is I want to play with the new portal stuff. No, I got you, man. I I have not messed around with it at all either. Uh, but it sounds like be be pretty interesting to explore. I, I am normally not a big fan of teleportation portals though in these kind of games, so uh, but I will reserve judgment till I play with it. All right, Pokey, what do you got, man? What have you been up to? A little bit of everything? Uh, yeah, as usual. But uh, I'm just watching the discussion with the, the we'll call it tier side, even though it's not really truly tier side. But I'm I'm watching that with uh, some interest. I, I think it'll be a great thing for the game and the new player experience overall. So uh, it's it's something that definitely keep your eye on. Um, regardless of what you call it, but I, th- I think it's it's going to be a good thing overall. So hopefully we'll see that. Probably not in this next update. I think it, the next update is pretty much centric on on the new PC 2.0. But uh, after that, hopefully we can see it. Okay. All right. Sounds good. All right, Rabbit. What do you what have you been up to in the last week or two, man? What's hot? What's a hot topic for you in game? Um, just the what Kane said earlier. Just working on the corp. Uh, negative feedback right now with him after my transition over from leadership at FA. Um, just working on that in factional warfare, getting pubs together, trying to find a way to get to 10,000 war points. I know it sounds crazy, but I'm trying to do that nowadays. I'm just trying to figure out ways to do it. So that's just a little side project I've been trying to get done in pubs. But um, the portals, they've been interesting. I've checked that out a little bit. Feels like I'm messing with Pandora's box to a degree, I would say, just with the the way that it's kind of set up and I'm interested in the the power card. I've been reading up on that as well. So 
just been kind of just watching everything, seeing how it's going to play out. Okay, awesome, man. And by the way, really, really glad you could make it on. Uh, for folks that don't know, uh, Silly Rabbit has been a longtime player, and uh, we've we've covered a lot of ground in dust. Uh, Dude, yeah. mostly, on, mostly on the same side, occasionally yeah. on, on opposite. But but you, uh, he's a, he's an absolutely great player and an outstanding guy to have. Uh, helping run part of your organization. So we really appreciate that you could come on tonight. Dude, I was excited. I I'm excited that. All right. So, all right, guys. Well, let's kind of – so just kind of a quick rundown here. There's a lot of sort of, sort of PC undercurrents going on right now. There's a, a, a very dedicated PC discussion channel uh, that flows directly to CCP Rattati, and he is, I believe, still pretty active in it. Uh, but we've got some guys in the room here that have both past and now present have been quite involved in the, uh, in the PC world. Now I, I'll, I'll know a little bit of truth and lending here. I am, I am watching and ob observing this, at least in terms of the, the discussions from probably like the 10,000 foot level, uh, looking at the macros, I have not gotten into the, into the great detail of what is shaking out. So what I'd like to do is briefly kind of open it up up to the team uh, for you guys that have been really active in the PC discussion. Uh, how would you summarize, or at least what would you say the the state of the discussion is with Rattati? Like, are you comfortable that there is some level of consensus uh, between the players and between the players and Rattati? And I guess more or less, do you feel comfortable that things are moving in a good direction? Because uh, and that's that's about the level that I'm looking at as kind of a generalist player. So what I'll do is I'll kind of open it up and we'll just kind of start the discussion with that, guys. Um, in terms of PC, I would say uh, Radity is very intent on making sure it succeeds uh, and not you know run into like any kind of pitfalls. I would say um, those involved with the think tank that he's established uh, through the forums and those who reached out to him, he's been, his correspondence has been on point. It hasn't, hasn't, you know, been delayed or like he, he's very attentive with it. You know, he, he gives you ideas. He asks for feedback. And uh, I would say that it's, it's going in a good direction. Uh, something of substance for the veterans and something to allow uh, the newer corporations trying to make a name for themselves in PC have a, a chance and an opportunity to really like, you know, not get shut out before they even get started. I would say. That's pretty cool. Hey, real, real quick before we take off, uh, I would like to get a quick intro on Mr. Luther Mandrix. Uh, so if you can go ahead and give us a quick intro, brother. Oh boy, I'm glad we edited out the uh, silence in the podcast. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, we're going to keep moving. So as I bounce the ball back, uh, reference Rabbit's comment. That, that's actually really good that he's still kind of on point with the discussion. And I definitely get the impression that he is uh, Rattati by that, by that is quite interested in the success of PC, not just having PC in the game, which is what I kind of think the, the problem with the first iteration of PC was, is that they just wanted it in the game. I agree. Yeah. It really did come, come down, down to feeling like, like it was just a rush, uh, in a lot of ways, a rush job and, 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 and a way to have like a, um, a, a main headliner feature for the game, you know? Something like, like you know, in, like intriguing nothing ever really just done before. It's not a question. I mean, even the technical background has fingerprints of that. Um, you know, all the locking stuff is pretty much uh, evidence for how quickly it had to get slapped together. 
Yeah. So how about the rest of you guys? What do you, what would you say is the state of the discussion uh, with PC? I think that we've seen that one of the major things we've seen is, uh, is the scope really by, uh, by what Rat has been willing to discuss by this point. And that might be for me, the biggest uh, contribution factor. Um, and it's, it's of course not as much as we've loved to speculate over. Um, I know that, uh, it doesn't seem like we're going to be getting rating immediately. Someone can correct me if I'm wrong on that. And and that's a little concerning. Um, there are a few small pieces. I, I'm interested to see what this looks like after Rat has cooked some numbers. Um, they seem to be a bit in flux at the moment. And uh, the way I've always approached these types of discussions is not to, to get super, super dirty until there's like a relative baseline number uh, layout after the design discussion. But I definitely think one of the things that is sort of missing from the discussion right now that I'd like to see is a is whether we can include a more emphatic uh, no-show condition and shut down matches faster if one team is determined not to have shown. Um, I think no matter how you play this out, one of the things that you really want to minimize is bad gameplay. It's really bad gameplay to run a match where one side is empty even if the other side is going to win because nobody wants to leave and it's really boring yeah you know, I think that's probably a pretty pretty valid, pretty valid comment now testing. yep we hear you man Luther you up oh yep yep I'm up hey can you go ahead and give a quick intro please hi my name is Luther Mandrix of uh, Wasteland Junk Removal a director and part of the Rust 415 uh, Alliance Awesome. All right, man. Thanks for joining us tonight. So um, a, a couple other general questions. Let's, well, let me kind of go around the horn real quick. Kane, what are your thoughts on uh, the general state of the PC conversation? I would, I would say I've been kind of in the same boat with, uh, uh, with Lighter here about uh, rating. I was kind of hoping that that would be a more significant aspect of uh, the PC 2.0 design. It just seems like that's a little bit out of scope. Um, it has sort of a presence in the design, but just not, I think, in a lot of in the way a lot of us were expecting it to have. Although there are indications that that is something that's going to be expanded upon in the future. Um, it's just it seems like the focus right now is really, really heavily on um, modifying kind of the current planetary conquest design to address a lot of the exploits and kind of. Um, um, ways that people manipulated the system um, with you know uh, you know district locking um you know and in in order to basically allow districts to have wealth generation again that's really what it seems like well on the surface you know that it what it sounds like is in order to make uh what i think rat is looking for in terms of a more much more sweeping change is uh he he, he probably feels he needs to get like the bedrock done, which is really the exploitables or where the, the largest gaps and seams in the design are. Uh, and then at some point you can probably, it, as long as it's built with it in mind, you know, sort of baked in from the ground floor, he can add into, into things like rating uh, at, a, at a later date. But getting the, I, I guess, the, the defensive perimeter of PC up, if you will, to kind of have a horrendous metaphor there. Does that kind of feel like what he's doing is like a sort of a, a ground-laying stage? Yeah, 
there's there, there's basically things that have to be solved. It, like if you're going to return return wealth generation to PC, which many people see as one of the reasons that activity in PC drops so significantly. In order to get that wealth generation to return, you, there are key problems that just had to be addressed. Um, I, and I would say that definitely that's what Rattati is going at, like in a major, major way. Um, and you know, the same thing that's you know the thing that's been talked about on the forum several times is uh, the command point thing, which is basically um, activity level gating uh, what you can do in planetary conquest. And in a lot of ways, by having things require activity. Um, the goal is you can see is to basically um, eliminate a lot of the kind of uh, old ways of dealing with PC that were uh, in a lot of ways considered exploitative. You know, I'm still I'm still kind of concerned where CP is uh, is concerned. I know that clone packs will be less expensive isk wise, and of course they're going to inject a CP cost. Until we see the numbers, it's it's going to be really difficult to project how good of a change it is as an iteration here and again it the whole ego i don't know i'm really concerned with the fact that we haven't really looked into a no-show criterion because one of the hallmark strategies once you start lowering the cost of attacking is just spamming with attacks that don't get fulfilled and uh the problem is they take so long like they're vulnerable for 20 minutes, 15 minutes. Sure, you can leave like four people in it and yada, yada, yada. It it gets to be a bit of a logistical nightmare. Um, and yeah, that that's very dissatisfying to me. Well, uh-huh. like, uh... Go ahead. Okay, one thing that uh, I would like to see is that every corp in an alliance that has districts has similar information available on one screen where they can look and see all the different corps with their timers and if it would be possible to have it in your time zone also. I mean, it it takes so long to figure out, well, am I going to be sleeping at this time or what? Well, they used to have on PC before. There was a certain change. I forget where it was, but you used to know exactly what time. Uh, You would have to go by, of course, the UTC time and EVE-wise, but you would know, like, it would have the actual date on there. They took that away. So you literally had to do a guessing game or do the numbers yourself nowadays. But um, what I'm, what I'm seeing from it is uh, in terms of like the logisticals about what, what like they're saying, I don't think it's the clone packs are definitely going to reduce it. But in terms of logistics, like in Eve and you comparable with dust, I don't really think that like, going fair or being more fair in PC is the route to go. I, I feel that that's the direction a lot of people wanted to go towards it being kind of like a fairness kind of factor. I don't, I don't know how to really word it properly, but the fact that someone can mass attack you and throw you off mentally, I personally like that. I, I don't know, just the unfairness of it, I would say, is is what makes it unique in itself of just, you know, there's no rules in war. And I mean, it's shown through, uh, through the actual history of PC. I mean, people exploit any, by any means necessary, they'll find a way to get whatever benefit he brings uh, or they install through the game. It's going to get exploited. It's just a matter of trying to, I guess, get around it or which is the, the worst of poisons to take, I, I guess. Well, you know, there's there's a little bit to, like, I, I understand where the the concept of, of like a no-show penalty is, but I do think that you could, you could, you, you could develop a penalty or develop uh, something 
that still allows you to conduct effectively a deception operation or a feint, if you will. Uh, and that, you know, like F E I N T, not A I N T. So th there is something to that. So I actually have an appreciation for what Rabbit's saying because if if you spam attacks, but let's say you're putting uh, you're putting boots on the ground and like ten targets, well, you really you you perhaps have three of those 10 that you're not going to commit to. You're not going to commit whole, whole cloth forces to. Uh, that's probably not a bad way to do it because it still makes people spend time and organizational energy during a peak attack window. And I think, I think there's something to that. It plays into like uh, a mental drain to, to a degree. So, um, so to, I, I just don't want to be misrepresented too hard. I, when I when I, I should clarify that when I say a no show criterion, the the whole idea behind that is to select really in my mind it's a number of people that both teams need to have um, for it not to be considered a no show for a particular team. So that doesn't need to be sixteen, you know. That doesn't even need to be ten. It might be four, five, six, so, somewhere that's not a huge number of people, so that you can still do those fainting operations. But there is a required amount of investment that's not just Iskin CP, because uh, those it, that will make balancing those numbers exceedingly difficult. Um, because if you get them just a little bit too low, you're going to see stuff spammed. And if there's no personnel investment, they're going to get spammed, and it's just going to be boring. It's going to be bad gameplay. I can't really <sighs> see. I would disagree instead of saying boring because it's. I mean, when people do PC, from my experience, it's. Like a perfect example of using that exact strategy of like me disagreeing with the statement of, you know, requiring there to be a penalty. Uh, back when I when I was in covert intervention and I was leading Gunfall, there was a time where we didn't have enough players to play. And we were really up against uh, Severed True Blood at their prime when they, you know, picked up DDB and they were trying to take over all of like Olduf. I, I don't know if I'm saying that right, but basically we were completely outmatched. But what I would have to do was I would send in a bunch of mass attacks completely fake them out and they wouldn't know exactly which one we would show up, but I would show up, of course, with my entire team at the most crucial points. Or I would call in other people to kind of just stay as decoys, whether it was one person in a match or whether it was two people in a match. But to penalize someone and, and kind of force them into a position where they can't happen is just, I don't think it's feasible in a in a realm where there's just not enough people to do that. You know what I mean? Uh, there's not I enough... I understand, and and where uh, a criterion would be set is obviously an interesting discussion. But I'm I'm not okay with the thought that if you put in a bunch of because I've done the same thing. You put in a bunch of mass attacks, and and if no one shows up or one person shows up, it's not good gameplay for at least one of the teams. And while I'm okay if you have to invest a certain number of personnel, like if it's too low things will be spammed and it will be a matter of who has more CP and it will be a race to who has more CP. And, you know, we've had tons of discussions about this kind of thing. So hey, uh, why yeah, not this guys? Uh, how about this? What if CCP uh, puts in with PC 2.0, the option to get forces from the pubs, you would contract out to the pubs and just pull players like they're going into a pub match and here they're going into a PC. So you actually have a full team. Dude, that's such a great idea. I always that's wanted to put that in the other contracts. I thought that they would be able to do something like that. Just to kind of remember just that, that one, one, guys. guys.
this is that's something that's kicked around for uh, a really long time. Um, I personally have not always been a fan because to me, as a unless it's like a toggleable thing, or maybe you can pay to enable that for a battle or something, but. Uh, Part of the discussion way back in the day when PC was first getting uh, designed was that that would just happen, that your match would expire and it would go under other contracts. Um, and that to me isn't really good because there's information I don't want people to know sometimes about those battles. If, Maybe I if, don't even want them to know the map. Well, like, yeah, I should have control yeah, over that. Definitely. I think being able to farm out a contract to to pub to to pub players would actually be an interesting dynamic, though. Um, I mean, we have no contracting system in this game whatsoever. But if there was a way to uh, for a director or a, or a logistics officer to select a match and say make this available, you know, uh, uh, to public. I mean, heck, even be able to make it available to this corp or that corp for maybe a command point fee or something like that, I think would be kind of amazing and something that's been kind of lacking in the game for a long time. Um, uh, uh, on the issue of the clone pack things, though, uh, I kind of take a, a, a different uh, perspective on it. My concern is definitely, um, I definitely see it is a balancing act because if the clone packs become too cheap um what you end up doing is in a uh, situation of actual war between two organizations one of the most valid ways to shut down an organization is to completely lock them down uh with attacks so they can't use their own clone reserves um so that's something i could see being problematic if it's too easy to get the clone packs but at the same time the clone packs have to be balanced in a way so they're not a barrier They've been such a horrible barrier to entry for such a long time to planetary conquest that I it's vital so, so that they become, yep it, it's vital that they they get a lower um, cost associated with them, um, um, but at the same time um, I do agree the feints are something that need to be happen happen but I mean like the other thing is if clone packs become too cheap. And let's say we let's say we do something, and, and Rotati makes location more relevant by changing attrition rates or jump uh, jump uh, distances, which is something that's actually been coming up into discussion recently. Um, clone packs, if they're too inexpensive, completely eliminate the whole point of having uh, location um, in PC. I think that's if you had a cheap, if it was if it was cheap on the clone pack, actual cost is wise, and then you made it really like not really expensive but somewhere between in between like above average and more so on the command points i think that'll regulate it to a degree like you know it won't be exploited as much if it costs more cp than actual is to you know actually pay for it have yeah. we established that there's going to be a bank cap on the cp i think you um, might have mentioned that um yes i th i think that that's been mentioned before is the um that they're definitely they're going to be putting a cap per corp as far as I know, on uh, command points. But the details of that number or, you know, that kind of stuff, obviously they're, those aren't finalized at all. Sure. One other kind of similar topic that I know has been kicking around the, uh, the think tank discussions has been uh, most of the changes that seem to be coming with this, this wave are rewards system focused. Um, and one of the things that Rat really seems to be relying on that I think requires a lot of discussion. He's relying on holding a district to be profitable as an incentive for holding it, 
And this is tied up with the whole spending CP in order to get rewards. And I don't really think that will work. There's a huge tactical impetus to hold land, even if some of it's not making you money. Yes. Well, that's one of the reasons I think that one of the things that needs to be addressed, um, I actually have a, a post up on the forums about this, is that the um, attrition rates and or jump ranges need to be seriously looked at and, and definitely reduced. Um, we had a pass uh, way back in the day, um, a couple months or uh, a few months into Planetary Conquest, where uh, the attrition rates got dramatically reduced, dramatically reduced. And it basically, and Molden Heath is such a small region, everything is basically within reach, um, especially in terms of uh, cargo hubs. Because, you know, you have 450 clones on a cargo hub. If you need to get somewhere, well, you just throw enough clones at it and you're going to get there. And you're going to get there with enough of a force to actually um, address, uh, 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 you know, the enemy. I think the biggest problem that uh, is going to have to come down to. Uh, PC and it's not even you know the there's the specifics but in terms of general there's going to have to be how do you establish land value again to people without the exploitation of the isk faucet but then you're going to be reestablishing profitability from land and I think this, the command points might regulate that I really do when I look at you know everything he's posted in the think tank and, and everything it seems like there's definitely of course there's gaps he's not going to get it all right the first time no way he does but. I think that really will stop the exploitation because all that will lead to is if you give someone the opportunity to hold land, there needs to be a reason. There needs to be basically, in my opinion, you don't need to have any more than seven districts for a large corporation. You know, you don't need to have the entire, you know, place. You don't need to have that. But that's the problem that keeps running into it. Then you have, you know, the that thankfully, honestly, was better removed. It was better that it was removed because all it did was just. It, it just it was just a pot of, of is coming out of thin air and there was no real benefit to actually doing it. There's basically oversaturation. But now I think he's stripped enough away from the game of, of PC to kind of build it back up piece by piece. But I feel that the problem he's going to run into that is it's going to come down to the land incentive again, because that's what I would say killed PC when, when you took away that 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 reason to fight for a territory. And, you know, as basic as the premise of the is faucet was, it kind of did kind of spur out in the imagination imagination of something to fight for in the game so i mean me loving pc and loving this this game because i really do like the aspect of this game is so awesome especially for me coming from somewhere like battlefield or call of duty where fps was clan warfare was really just restricted down to you know do you show up in a battle you fight 16 people do you leave the battle but now there's this the aspect of economy you know you fight for land you actually take the land and you build on the land and you you know build your player base within your corporation. And now when you establish the, the, the corporation points, uh, the CPs of what he's, you know, trying to install into Planetary Conquest, that gives people something to work towards, uh, kind of like managing or, or, you know, building up that, you know, making it worth something to be in the court while holding that land. Well, let me ask you guys just kind of an open question here. Uh, most people equate value in terms of PC, getting into PC is directly related to ISK. Uh, have there been discussions about other other benefits, other in-game benefits, or other synergies that you have in different game mechanics that district ownership will will afford you? Um, I know that one of the things that has been discussed and might even be on the table in the forefront is not necessarily getting ISK directly, but but getting equipment. 
Um, one of the big hurdles to that that I've always been complaining about in, in even previous shows was uh, the fact that prototype equipment, the the utility of that is so much bigger, especially in public matches, than, than even advanced in some cases, um, that we'd end up with a similar problem. The, the so-called ISK faucet is just as bad as if you're just getting really great proto gear. The, the tier side is going to help a lot with that, and that's one of the reasons why I've always been pushing it so hard. The reward structures, um, a little bit simpler. This flattening of, of uh, suits and slots isn't inf as emphatic as it could be, but it's good, so that's one point to make. Hey, what if we got some components for uh, to help our war barges? I yeah, actually always an interesting thought. thought that component generation from districts could actually be an interesting avenue. But um, one of the things, uh, in addition to the equipment, so w what they were talking about is the uh, these credit, uh, basically credits that you get from uh, a district, and then these credits get used in a LP, a loyalty store esque kind of market that you go in and you use it to buy things. The general thought from what I've seen posted on the forums though is not to make these things power level things but i mean maybe even just skins and stuff like that it's going to be a balancing act of what do you reward people that people are going to be like ooh shiny while at the same time it's not something that um like uh Lisa is saying uh, if i if i get this item i perform better because i'm performing better i'm able to hold my territory because i'm holding my territory i get more stuff so then hold it better so you don't want a, a positive feedback loop to basically create a situation to where those who hold the land are going to be permanently well, holding the land now, you know for, tr true however let us let us not forget that is like that concept of leveling that's what makes games go like that's what that's why people grind they don't yep. they, they don't, if you have like if you go to the extreme of tier side where all is equal and you're talking about like varying shades of like mm, this shoots a little faster or this hits a little harder but it's basically all the same power level nobody will grind for that yep i feel that tier side i mean if it's if if it follows through in all sense of the actual word i i don't think it would bode well for the game i, I feel that people there's a there's a, a good feeling of knowing that hey I've been on this game for X amount of months maybe years for some of us that you know my equipment what I use on the field shows that in in case of me just being stuck in like this linear box of just hey you can get the exact same thing I get you know it's just you want to bring exclusive exclusivity I feel like if you bring exclusivity and, and really make that shine but still make it attainable I, I think that'll that's what will be a, a great aspect of follow through on the game because it, i mean kind of i wouldn't say it already is that but it, it shows the fact of it's not all is fair and i can i'll go back that go back to that like every time like to me i like that aspect of the game that there is somebody out there better than you and if you want to get better you need to make your right allies in the game to get to that point to get the better stuff to get you know what you want instead of you know making it like an easier avenue to get through well, one thing you know, one thing they could do. I, I mean, and by the way, I'm a huge fan of district ownership. I think there's, I, I like having different flavors of district, like numbers, like a number of different style of districts, uh, and then they perform different things. And there might be one that is much more related to. I, I think they should all generate some level of ISK. Um, if you, if you look at almost like how we do like weapon stats across the four, like, let's just say you had four types of districts. Um, and at the extreme end, one 
has produces the most ISK, uh, and then but it also gives you a small non-ISK benefit. Then at the other end of the spectrum, you have very little ISK being produced, but you get benefits and you have significant benefits in other ways. Um, I think that I think there is there's something to that, uh, giving giving you something to do. Like yeah, perhaps not. I think the idea of warp arch components to a degree aren't bad, or maybe the salvage components, uh, which they keep claiming is going to be part of some sort of crafting mechanism or, or re refactoring mechanism. There's different ways you could do it. I think if you had a district that produced something really of value, like one day boosters, some kind of shit like oh, that, that'd be that, awesome. That you, could, oh, man. That you had to actually pay ISK into, but. Or you had to do something with it, but it would produce something of value that, if you think about it, over time, then starts to you can generate it back into the economy, such as it is. It doesn't have to be, you know, hugely complicated, but there are other things that you can you can mess with other than raw ISK, because that's yeah. that's really the thing that, in my opinion, almost tore the game apart. Aside from anything that CCP was trying to do right. to it behind the scenes. Well, yeah. Well Hey guys, how about uh, what if now in Eve they're going to the new solve, which is fight in one place, unlock other places to fight at later? I'm a huge what, fan of doing that in Dust. Okay, now, it's difficult. See, that's chromosome. You know the chromosome build with the MCC that flew over the sky. You had the two points down in the valley, and then it, you had the final one in the back where you fought back there. Uh, th that was really that was kind of nice. It, it a lot of the beta people were just doing their own things. We couldn't even squad up back then, but you know that is kind of similar to the new song. It, it's definitely something that comes up a lot because uh, other games have done it. Planet Side Two, pretty notably, have their their new web system. Uh, yeah, I think they actually implemented that post release. Someone correct me if yes. I'm wrong. Yes, it's the called the lattice system. So basically, you can if one territory can only be taken in sequence with other territories. So here's the difficulty: um, when we've looked at this, the really big sticking point is the number of districts that uh, agglomerated entities need to possess in order to make that sensible. It it's that's kind of the thing that. <laughs> that sounded probably kind of technical, but that's the thing that I've ran into when we've thought about it before. I, I have no idea what you're trying to describe. Can you kind of I'm, break that down? Yeah, so what what happens is how many districts do you need for a lattice-like system to A, be implemented, B, not be overpowered, and C, be, be relevant? Like, so, but what are the... I, I guess what I'm trying to figure out is... What are the problems that you're seeing that there are too many or too little assets it's, to work with? It's too many that you have to possess in one organization's hands. That would be the description. So imagine you have one district that's hiding behind another district, right? And part of the problem is that we do this on a district-based level for the granularity of ownership. You have one district, it's hiding behind another district. Okay, so your corp has to possess two districts for this thing to get in. Now, now you own three districts. What? You can't just make, say you have three districts, okay? You can't just make this chain completely extensible, right? Because then that's boring. That's just like, you can have, the geography in the game is extremely difficult to work with. I, I really, I'll be very, I, I'm honestly not throwing a jab at you, but I, I do not see the problem that you're seeing. I, 
let's we I, I can write a post in a month or something and explain it, but it's there there's a an intrinsic difficulty that I see and maybe I'm wrong, but in the number of assets that you really have to hold in order to implement a an interesting but um yeah, an interesting lattice based system in Dust. And it if you're using districts as the basic level of sovereignty. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, like that that probably could be a show in and of itself cuz I've I've looked at this, you know, from a you know, basically a like a geopolitical standpoint. Like if you look at it as a 3D map and actually look around the the uh the star map, uh how this would work and it seems it it strikes me there's a lot of ways that it w- it could and should work. And I don't know that you necessarily have to have it tagged where it's the immediate uh, asset that's adjacent. You know, like if A is next to B, I don't know that you necessarily are prevented from going to C. But I don't think you should go much further than that. Like you have to have some capability to do um, like a deep strike basically into somebody's home turf uh, or, or leap in some way across the the uh, the map, but you probably have to have some control measures, or like for example, you could make make it very expensive in a command point, uh, but basically be like lighting a Sino and Eve, and then you've got your Black Ops fleet that just popped out in somebody's backyard. They wreak some havoc, and then they come back, or or they try to stand there and hold it and then draw assets away. There's a lot of ways that I think you could develop uh, some pretty interesting strategic gameplay with the assets that we have. Now, I've heard Zell talk on many occasions that he doesn't believe that we should have districts, we should have planets, and then you open up more planets across the EVE star map. I'm probably, a, a, I would say I'm, I'm somewhat of a fan of that, but I don't see that happening anytime in the foreseeable future, future at all. So if districts are what you got, then use the districts. Um, to me, just saying, uh, let's say it takes... Um, for a baseline attack, like one command point, just purely for numbers, uh, no matter where where you are and you're within whatever your striking distance is, that could be perhaps leveled up through like your corp uh, corp skills or whatever, or war barge level for your corp war barge. And let's say your base attack is one. If you want to establish a foothold on a new planet that you've never attacked, it maybe it's two command points. And then once you have one district taken on that on that planet, subsequent attacks can cost you cost you one. If you want to leap, uh, like if you the old hex system, you know, if you wanted to skip a hex and like jump a little deeper, maybe that that's also two command points. Uh, and then if you have like certain things leveled up and you've got your war barge to to five and you've got like a the unlocked module on it, you can leap several, but it's very expensive to do so. There's a lot of ways that I think you could lay that out, uh, you know, whether you kept it as a, as a 3D map or if you even flattened it out like an old school, you know, battle hex system. It's not that it's undoable. It's just that there are, as you can see even from your own discussion, there are a lot of technicalities that are involved. And one of the, there are a number of things, it's hard to, to establish a baseline, like frontline that scales with the number of districts you have. Um, properly with the organization system we have. We have planets and, you know, systems and a couple jumps, right? And as you're talking about jumping hexes, it's it would require us to really reconfigure how everything's represented to get a meaningful way of doing that, I think. Well, I, oh, 
Okay, go ahead. Che, yeah, che, uh, remember in MAG, they used to have the anti-aircraft, and you couldn't bring in your air forces until your ground guys went in and took out that one unit. But that thing could get repaired. Now, what if uh, you can't go back to the back district until this one part of one of the other districts, the anti-aircraft, is taken out? So it would be a whole mission in guys just going in there and taking out this one objective. Then that allows you to go farther back. Shield generators are actually something that's come up. I mean, ever I mean, all the way back into to 2013, uh, FanFest 2013. It's basically a district that then protects other districts from being attacked. So you have to take that district first, and then you can attack the other districts. Kind of like if you want D-Day to succeed, you have to go through this point. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's there's a lot of different ways to implement this kind of this kind of thing, right? Um, the the level of organization that we have is we have districts that are on the same plan. I I just went went over this, I guess. Um, when I've looked at this, it it becomes very finicky in the technical details, like, and it would also take a lot. We're probably jumping off the deep end of speculation to a certain point right because well, there's no way they're actually well to me this. to me that's one of the things that's one of the reasons that um, um reducing jump range and attrition rates and stuff like that are a, are a probably a readily more readily accessible way to get some of the geography back on the board um, without having to deep dive into um, different surface infrastructures or potentially trying to create um, uh, hex map representations of districts or introduce some kind of lattice system a la you know, uh, uh, Planet Side 2. Um, I think it's a good starting point, and it's a good way we could basically figure out, hey, is this something we actually want to have present in the game? Does it add to the game? You know, that kind of thing. Um, I, I really think that right now the location element is just sorely lacking in Planetary Conquest. I mean, every district is the same as every other district. I mean, you have the surface infrastructure. Um, long term, I, I mean, I would really like to see um, planets having different values and, and things like that. Um, um, one idea that I that it's it's definitely not in scope um, um, that has come up before. Uh, uh, was that you know each planet has a fitting just like a, a suit or a, a vehicle and different surface infrastructure gives you different benefits but they also have a fitting cost so different planets have different fitting capabilities so then you can um, you you know a planet with a lot you know a lot of districts and a lot of fitting would be more valuable because there's more things you could do it with it with districts or even a planet with few districts with a lot of fitting would allow you to do more advanced things with your surface infrastructures. But I just don't think I think that's something that maybe maybe that's something we can broach further down the line. In the meantime, all all we really have access to are our jump ranges and um, attrition rates and stuff like that. Well. Speaking of attrition rates, let me throw on the table something I know we've discussed in the past, but I like returning to it. Uh, what does everyone think of binary, um, essentially binary attrition, binary uh, attackability? So you, if you have clones on a district that's within whatever range, you can attack, or you, if it's out of range, you can't. I, to me, I think that would be a boon because there's nothing more annoying than being like, okay, I'm going to launch these clones, but you know, the uh, let me make sure I count the number of low sec jumps. Oh wait, that's a high sec jump, so that doesn't count as a jump. 
So, therefore, therefore your attacks get scattered. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm gonna sit. I'm gonna sit here. Okay, that's ten percent. No, but it's actually it's actually fifteen percent are gonna land there. So let me go fifteen percent times one hundred and fifty. Well, that's too few clones. Let me send two hundred clones and see fifteen. You see if that's. You know, I just. I would like it to be gone. I'd like it to be. This surface infrastructure has this jump range, and it has this much of a command point cost for going these jumps. I think the uh, command points would be the way to to kind of make that escalating cost make more sense, rather than clone loss. You know, you could you could keep the like the cost of an attack very very cheap, but the the clone degradation is dramatic, and that would be a pretty good limiting factor, actually. I, I just I just that. Clone degradation, it just leads to having to calculate all kinds of wonky stuff. I'd rather have the command point cost escalate and the and a set amount of clones actually arrive. I, I, w- I would tell you that I tend to agree with that. I was just kind of offering a, a different, uh, like, like I said, a different way of kind of looking at it. But I, I think, I, as far as I'm concerned, I, I think uh, you should be able to attack anywhere on the map if you have enough command points to afford to get your ship there. So... It, like let's say the bank the corporate bank for command points is 20 command points and if you wanted to literally go all the way across the map to put the stake in the heart of somebody's alliance and, and they're like they're on their last legs and you need to like secure that one more district from them and you you burn 18 or 20 command points like almost your whole reserve to get over there for you know kind of the death blow attack i think that's t- that, that's huge that's risk versus reward that's that's mass. Speaking on infrastructure, uh, there's a problem with the cargo hubs. Uh, that, yeah, yeah, everybody has. I, yeah, I have a mixed feeling about. I feel like maybe you should just rip the clones from districts in general. I mean, unless it, if unless we're talking manufacturing in terms of okay, a cargo hub makes this, uh, a research lab makes that, you know, but there's that that factor of there's so many clones if. if Someone can easily just spend, you know, X amount of is to choose infrastructure and make it a cargo hub. And then now you have to deal with a wall of clones. What if you just strip clones away and then basically set it to a pricing of command points, get you this amount of clones? Or, you know, basically you have to supply your own troops to this area to supply this area. And once that's out, well, you got to replenish it. You know, well, well, I mean, uh, on the on the on the J, what you were saying um, I think that escalating cost is kind of satisfied by the clone pack. Like, if you want to spend a whole bunch of clone, uh, one, if you want to attack something completely across the board, and you have a lot of command points, you could use a clone pack to do it. So that's, to me, it satisfies the um, moving clones. Um, the stripping clones away, I mean, to me, the problem with the cargo hub is that it has the same attrition rate as the production facility, while it still has... Um, the same production it has the same production normal production as a, a lab and so the benefit of those extra clones nullifies um like the science labs of benefit so science lab you can send 160 clones you know you can send it many jumps without having attrition well with the hub i could just throw more clones and to bypass the attrition i think the hub you know, to me, having lar- a larger number of clones is fine, but I would actually localize it. I would make it to where it can't jump beyond um, the planet that it's on, um, or maybe it can go one jump or something, something like that. that. I hear what you're saying. I just felt that if it 
if it, if you stripped away the clone situation, I'm just thinking about in terms of people spamming territory, basically grabbing territory that's just unnecessary. And the more you, the more active rather than passive, you make a, a management situation. I feel like if you make it more tedious, people are going to respect that aspect of putting their time into it. And if you require somebody to basically, you know, if you want soldiers there, put the soldiers there instead of the soldiers just automatically showing up. I feel that it'll stop it. Like you should want to get rid of that, that everyone should want to get land, but to hold so much land that just really, it just holds no benefit. I've, I've been down that cascading effect so many times and it just, it, I always just found it pointless. Even when like FA got like 30% or even when DNS or hit. You, you, know, you need to have, have basically, basically soft bills or some kind of upkeep. Yeah, something to keep it tedious. I think the more tedious you make a situation, the more manageable. No, 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 no. Tedious, tedious is not the right right way to go. go. Tedious is a negative reinforcement. What you need is a mechanical constraint. That's what a soft bill is. Like if you want to own SOV and you want the benefits of it, it costs you money. You don't get anything for free. There's nothing for free when you own a district. That's the problem that we went down with on the, the last edition. Yeah. Uh, it, 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 you basically could own everything with no additional burden on your organization, either A, in terms of time, which I'm not a big fan of taking gamers' time because that's what makes them stop playing. Yes. Or you make it a resource cost or you, you have to generate a constraint that comes with overextending yourself. Yeah, maybe I use the wrong choice of words with that. <laughs> no, 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 that's it's okay. But but what you're describing though is I've I've heard in other places uh, referenced us. You know, like hey, you gotta you know make it where it, where activity activity matters, which I I totally agree with. And and I think that uh, if I'm not mistaken, Ratati's version of you've got to have like daily activity levels. Yeah. Uh, to, to generate command points. And I would offer that. Command points shouldn't be just for attacking. There should be some sustainment of com- you know, like yeah. you have to generate you have to pay, pay command points. A, a maintenance key, which yeah. is what saw. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I just don't Always want us to run. In, I just don't want us to run into a situation of, uh, i.e., like Neon Sign. Basically, you get all this territory and then they just leave the game and just camps it. You know what I mean? There, there needs to be something like that. Keep you have to be active to stay in planetary conquest, or there, or you'll lose what you've gained. There needs to be something that that can be taken away from you almost as quick as you got it. You just have to stay on top of it. Well, the nice part about having a maintenance fee is that it's going to reach a point where no matter how good you are at defending territory, you logistically cannot maintain that a large amount of, of area because you don't have enough people to actually do it. And I think that's why you, you really have to have a, a maintenance fee to, to, to kind of put a cap on how much land you can hold for the size of your group, regardless of how good you are defending it. Because, I mean, you well, want to have it be accessible to people, but not to a point where you have the elites that can just hold down a shitload of land because they can defend it. Not to say that their abilities shouldn't have value, but, I mean, we, we obviously had an issue before where a very small group was holding a very large amount of land and even if they manage to muster the cp to, to take it in the first place if they can maintain it indefinitely with a small group of people that's going to be a problem well a consistent cp cost could actually fit the bill <laughs> to, to talk to yeah. reference that soft yeah, absolutely uh, no. hey, sh- hey should we be able to sell the uh, yeah, cp for isk or yeah. uh, <laughs> transfer <laughs> it to an alliance well, well, no. Put it this way. Put it this way. That's kind of the the idea is that you can sell clones for with CP, so that in a way you're making that conversion. Yo, if CP got it was sellable, that would that would be so exploitable. Uh, that would be horrible. Yeah, well, oh, because it's ca- capped by the districts, basically. 
Yeah, and you don't want to make it transferable or convertible because that would kind of kill the ability to. Because uh, I mean, if, if you've got a cap on CP and that's that's a, a hard mechanic to prevent, you know, uh, stockpiling. If you could just sell it to an alt corp and then sell it back when you need it, that would kind of kill the whole purpose of it. Yep. I remember I had like an idea of like for like I wish you could kind of incorporate. Well, it, my idea was kind of warranted towards incorporating um, PVE into the the landscape of PC. But still, you can kind of intertwine the two. And I guess that would the ideas that we were just like everything that we were just talking about kind of just fits into that realm of like kind of like I was thinking more of like drone maintenance, basically the aspect of losing the land that you got. Like if you didn't take care of the territory, there's just an infestation rate that you have to manage to upkeep a territory. But I mean, that falls into the whole tedious category. I mean, I just want that aspect to be implanted into the game this go around. Because that has been such a problem when people can just grab territory and leave the game and just hold on to it. And even if you were to attack them, it would take so much time to get the land to your side of the field. You know what I mean? It just it just takes up so much time and space. A no-show yeah, criterion no. would limit that. No, no, I, I would I would agree with that, Lethar. I think there's there's a lot to it. I think you guys have been hitting on a lot of really solid solid components in there. It also sounds like that there's while the devil may be in the details that I think at least generally the folks that we have here, their thoughts are pretty uniform on some of the things that I think uh, need to be addressed or that sound like they are being addressed. So real quick, we've had a couple of people stick their hands up in the channel. Uh, Bait, Lether, you guys both had a, a uh, slightly, slightly related topic you wanted to talk about. Uh, Bait, why don't you go first, man? Yeah. Um, as as somebody who doesn't run uh, PC or hasn't run PC at all, um, what's the benefit of getting into it now, especially after PC 2.0 drops? Because I'm looking at um, at dustcharts.com right now, and it's they have a nice pie chart of the district ownership, and you know it's a large chunk of it's you know Capac, Outer Heaven, all these big corps. What's stopping them from doing what they're doing now and holding every district and and disallowing new corporations to come in well without a maintenance fee that was actually kind of what i wanted to well there were two things i wanted to bring up and that was one of them we touched on this earlier i'm really concerned that the changes that we've seen so far aren't actually mitigating what what was attempted with dns um there are a lot of things that are helping with the incentive structure, but you can still own land in excess of yes. the profitability. There's because nothing I, stopping that. Yeah, yeah I, I could take uh, I could take land for the specific reason of wanting to deny you wealth generation, even if it doesn't generate wealth for me. It's more on bragging rights now. I would say the land has. I mean, PC has been stripped. I would say. Uh, and up until this point, PC has been stripped. If you are going to come into the game as a new corporation trying to make a claim, it's more for the inevitable, uh, I guess, return of PC 2.0, which, what uh, Radix has been working on. So it would be better to do it now because if you were to wait uh, later until PC 2.0 is established and say it's skyrocket, it succeeds, wars will be coming back on a whole new aspect of how it used to be. And the same mentality of the corporation is willing to share now because these guys, we've all been fighting each other uh, for years now. And 
we're realizing the pool is getting smaller and smaller and smaller and the competition is the same. And at this point, any war or I don't, I don't even call them wars. The last word in my opinion was DNS, but everything now is a, a conflict. It, it's more of personal disagreements between people in charge. But for that new corporation that really wants to get somewhere in the game, they really want to do something now would be the time to do it. If you really, and because people are willing to give up the land, people are willing to share. These people who have these territories, they are, they, you know, they, they say on the forums every day, even FA gave a bunch of territory away. I'm sure if NF had a bunch of territory, we would be giving it away the same. Uh, the same for Out of Heaven, um, Capac, guys are willing to give away this territory because they know that it's, it's an excess and they know that people coming into the game want to have a spot. Like it's just not there, you know, and they, they realize you need to bring more people in to have more competition or there's no competition. But are I, they really I, willing to give away all that land? Because the way I see it as somebody who's looking at all this on the outside, they're holding the land just for a big fuck you to the corporations who want to try to come in, but can't due to a lack of, of resources or time or Whatever what, I have. What, what I would actually um, say is that currently, uh, the, one of the reasons that organizations hold large chunks of land, um, let's say like, you know, you look at Last Hope, or you look at Random Guns, or Outer Heaven, or Cap Ack, a lot of it is basically a protectionist kind of thing. You hold land, and you hold those uh, districts, that way if somebody decides to get ticked off at you, um, and somebody attacks you, you, there's a grind to actually knocking you out of the game. Um, but I would also say that probably any one of those organizations um, is definitely willing. If you go up to them and you say, you know, you go up to Zariah or you go up to Shepard um, and, you know, and say, hey, our corporation is looking to get into PC. Can we have a district? I don't think you would have any issues getting one. They would literally give you the district overnight. Uh, I do think that the, the kind of spirit of the original question is really concerning, though. In PC 2.0, as a new corporation... Why do you want to enter and what's to keep the people who are holding on to large amounts of land? I think the going kind of uh, mentality is that not only is that protectionist, but there, there's actually little demand right now for, for land. Um, no, there are so few yeah. corporations Correct. that can, that yeah, can use it that these organizations you know, uh, don't give it away unless it's to a corp that can bring a team usually because there's just no point in giving it to someone just for it to flip again um because it costs isk um so that's actually a really big concern that i'd like to see addressed in in some way either through maintenance fees or or through uh some other mechanic that that causes a retraction because well, yeah you could be sitting on a bunch of districts and and just not want to give them up and all the changes come in. It's like, well, that's interesting. Glad I got grandfathered into that plan. You know? <laughs> well, I, I think Reverend is a really good point there. Cause I mean, a big part of the whole rework is to make it more accessible to new players. So I think that, you know, now's the time to test to see if that actually works. I mean, the one thing I want to set for, for listeners is the expectation that the PC 2.0 rework, do not expect it to be everything with all the bells and whistles that it could be. I think Rattati is being very smart and he's focusing on, you know, what is the foundation? What is the, the very core, most simple elements that we have to fix and the exploits we have to fix and, and work our way around to make sure that this thing works at the most simple terms? So, I mean, kind of like Kane mentioned earlier, I mean, you could add elements later on where, you know, uh, 
position on the star map is, is more important. Uh, or like Rabbit said, you know, you kind of have this uh, PVE. I mean, that, that won't happen on the PS3, but just as an example. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but just, just as an example, having that where it's you know, in replacement of a CP maintenance cost. I mean, there's certainly more that can be done with PC, but I want people to, to really understand that it's very clear that Rattati is leaving room for expansion, but he is definitely focused on the most core base fundamental part of PC and making sure that works. So don't expect the world on the first uh, run around. I, I, I really honestly don't feel that this is the, the end for PC development, but just be aware that what he's focusing on is the foundation to make sure that the, the structure they build on top of that can actually stand and, and, and hold water opposed to what we had before, which was kind of, you know, let's throw it together. It was a, it was a poor foundation. They tried to build off of it and the thing, you know, fell apart. So just setting expectations, you know, it's not going to have everything, but Get in there, test it out, see if it works. You know, if you have never done PC, if you were in PC and dropped out because of poor mechanics, try it out. You know, we got to test this, see what works, make sure that we can get all the bugs out of the very core foundation before we move on and start, you know, expanding on and adding the the cool bells and whistles, so to speak. So I really do hope that people get in there and give it a shot and make sure that things are actually working the way they should be working before we start expanding into some of the, you know, flashier, cooler stuff. I think uh, another thing to really look at as well is as much as the, I, I guess the, a lot of the stresses or the arrows are really pointed towards the corporations that are already established in PC. I think a question that's just really not being asked as much, how many corporations are actually trying to, I guess, really get into PC? Like, are they doing it the right way? Or are they thinking that it's just some pub match that's just going to be given to them? You know what I mean? And I think like you really can't get into PC unless you have that in your mind frame of, okay, you know that you're going to be going up against the very small community of dust that is highly competitive. And you have to be really aware of that. If you're going to go into with a corporation, it's not, you know, it's like, Hey, let's just squad up with six people and do a pub match. It's literally like, I need to have my P's and Q's down before I attempt this. Because if I do try to get somewhere, I need to make the right allies. I need to do the meta of the game. You need to get involved with the players that are established get protection if you're small and then build yourself up recruit actually get out there and do it if you really want to get into pc because it's always there it's always accessible corporations pop up all the time and they succeed all the time but only when the right uh you know ducks are in order i would say no i think that's that's probably a couple pretty good points there uh had by all i mean the reality is pc is very much in flux and it is and the outward sign of that is there's a certain malaise uh, that, that's sort of over it. I, I think there's a lot of people that don't really know what they want to do with it. And they and it, and it seems much more uh, catch as catch can. It's not nearly as organized. Like the whole PC vibe uh, is not nearly as organized as it was, you know, several months ago. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's one of the things that I've noticed because I, I like my work carries me in and out of the game, you know, so I don't, I don't see like these, I'd rarely get snuck up on by changes. They're usually very shocking to me because I'll go away from the game for two, three, four, five, six weeks or whatever like that. And then come back where I can only literally, I can only play like once every once in a while. Uh, and then I'll come back and like the entire meta will have dramatically shifted or uh, just the style of play, how people converse on, on uh, you know, on comms is different. So I've seen these like, uh, sort of like bullet point changes uh, and they're much more dramatic to me because of where I come in and out. 
so I think you're, I think you got, I think you're into a point there, Rabbit, in that nobody really knows what piece. My my feeling is a lot of the players that are out there now that have joined in the last you know year or so. Um, they don't really have the same picture of PC as like most of us in this room that were here almost from the ground floor up, you know, or, yeah, or thereabouts. So um, with that, guys, I, I, I would like to say that we have we've had an outstanding discussion about PC. It's kind of ranged far and wide, uh, which is OK. I mean, that's it's absolutely spot on. It's been a really, really interesting discussion because we've talked about a ton of different stuff. Um but I wanted to uh, go ahead and take this opportunity to try to steer us back down because we are uh, getting it about that time. But I, I didn't necessarily want to stifle the conversation. This is probably one we could have this whole crew on again and uh, and keep picking picking some things apart and re maybe really digging into uh, other aspects. I would actually, in all fairness, the same group that we have here, uh, I would love to hear your thoughts on how faction warfare could be adjusted and changed as well, it, or if it needs it. So we maybe uh, we'll have to schedule you guys on for a, uh, a show down the road. But uh, without further ado, what we are going to do is going to roll right on into shout outs. And we're going to kind of start basically at the top of the list and work our way down, just like we did on the uh, on the intros. Uh, and we'll get everybody on our way. So, Jada, you got a shout out, man? Uh, shout out. Um, I guess I guess like to maybe bring a point to Ritati. Um Maybe use the opportunity for command points to maybe design a corp logistics structure where you can see who is collecting uh, command points for you. That's kind of been a big like pain point for me is figuring out who's earning what and doing what like activity or whatnot. Really, that's about it. Okay, it's actually I'm a huge fan of that. If you could just see like the last time people logged on and what they're broad activity level for the day is that'd be pretty cool uh okay uh kane just a, a shout out to the desk community keeps on playing this crazy game also uh shout out to um i think ccp katana one of the newest devs to pop up on the forums who's actually um trying to help out um the uh, japanese uh, uh language uh section of the dust 514 outstanding speaking of katanas the sword of the heavens. Yes. I'm trying to figure out how to get a hold of that. Thank you, Jadik Manheim, for turning me <laughs> on to that. Made cool the media right. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that and I was like, oh, me wants. Uh, <laughs> okay, Lether. Um, I'd like to give a shout out to absolutely everyone who over the course of literally years has supported the uh the flat and slot uh layout uh, initiative. Uh I I don't cry anymore because I'm too bitter. But I was very pleased to to see that that's becoming a thing. It, it's been a really long time. Alrighty then, uh, Luther. Yeah, my shout out is to you guys, uh, Dust players, Eve players, the devs. Um, yeah, keep up the good work. All right, yeah, caught me there mid drink. Sorry, uh, bait. Hey, shout out to uh, my corporation, the Demonic Cowboys. Love playing with y'all. Um, hope to see you guys soon. Shout out to Sony for making a kick-ass PlayStation app that will help me keep connected with everybody while I've got no system. Good deal. All right. Uh, Zell. Yeah, um, I'm going to give uh, my shout out to um, everyone here and the uh, fact that the guests kind of ran their own podcast today, which let me play Hearthstone and all sorts of other slacking off. Um I also uh, wanted to give my shout out to the movie Ex Machina, which was I saw this week. Fury Road is is next week, more than likely, but uh, 
it was interesting. It was kind of weird. Um, I don't know if I recommend it. I was glad I went to see it, I guess. But is is an interesting movie. It's a, it's a very um, it's an artificial intelligence movie that's very um, philosophical. Not a lot of action. It's very very old school uh, hard science fiction. It's it's a good movie though. It's very well done. But that ending. Ooh. <laughs> that was that was that was harsh. Yeah. Quiet. <laughs> don't say yeah. more. No, I've got to see this, huh? Oh yeah. Um, okay. Uh, Pokey. Yeah, just a shout out to everyone who's been participating in the PC uh, discussion, as well as Rotati for actually opening up the lines of communication. Uh, this kind of community group development is exactly the kind of stuff I like to see in Dust, and I hope that continues. So thanks, guys. Outstanding. And Silly Rabbit. want to shout out to all my Lodgies out there. And, uh, Word. Shout out to you guys for having me here. It's pretty awesome. Look forward to the next podcast. And also shout out to Ratatouille for uh, really stepping it up. Honestly, I, I like it a lot. I like what he's doing. Um, all I want to see is bandwidth visibility. I just want to see it. <laughs> That's all. All right. There you go. I was going to let my ferret um, sign off too, but um, he bit the microphone. So, um, Is that like code for something? No, no, he bit Oh, Jesus. It's actual ferret. <laughs> <laughs> hey. My ferret bit my microphone. Oh, bro. Episode title right there. <laughs> so, break out the safe word. I would uh I, I would I would like to kind of uh bring this bring this <laughs> a little bit back to reality with a uh, with a going with a parting shout out. Uh we've got somebody that's uh that's been a long suffering member of the Dust community, uh suffering in a lot of ways, I'm sure. And uh they're going through a very tough tough sort of time, you know, kind of emotionally, mentally and physically right now. Uh, and I, I would be really, really uh, remiss if I if I did not mention. And a lot of you don't don't know who this uh, this individual is, but uh, I th- I think you've all all can appreciate the fact that uh, I think we all need to send a shout out to uh, Sarai's ferret because uh, <laughs> the abuse that he obviously <laughs> suffered <laughs> is fairly <laughs> epic. Oh, it's a masterful build up. You had me going there. <laughs> that was good. Oh God! Yeah. Who's dying? <laughs> okay, guys, we're uh, we're gonna go ahead and land the plane tonight on that one. Uh, so remember, let's get on a fury road of your own this week. Kind of get out there, do whatever you need to do, and uh, as always, if you're ever in doubt, just to think, what would Deadpool do? All right, good night and good luck, guys. Be safe.